Thanks for joining us on this Church Project podcast. Church Project is a church. We're a gathering of people who love Jesus and who want to know and love him more. We're a church and we're a project. We're pursuing what Christ originally intended for the church to be. So like the early church, we gather on Sundays by the thousands to study the scriptures, to sing songs to Jesus and about him, to pray together and give together. But like the early church, we gather throughout the week in what they call and we call house churches, a cross-generational, diverse gathering of people who live in community with one another, who love each other, meet each other's needs, and help each other grow in their faith. And like the early church, we give our money and our time and our gifts away to meet people's needs and share the love of Jesus. We hope you are involved in a church that will teach the scriptures and share the gospel of Jesus Christ and live in community together. Check us out online at churchproject.org. It's so good to be with you today on Sunday, April the 19th. And we've been doing this for a while now, and you may be tired. Maybe you're settling into it. Maybe it's becoming normal for you. But what I do know is that God has wanted to and has been working in your life and in so many lives, and he's been working in my life. And I'm excited to see when this is all over, what we look back on and see what God did inside of us. Last week was Easter. It was so great for us to look even more deeply in the story of the resurrection. Every Sunday, though, we can only talk about the things we talk about because of the resurrected life of Jesus Christ. And he makes his scriptures come alive for us. And before Easter, and continuing now for some time, we've been looking at the book of Psalms. So if you have a Bible, I'd love for you to take it and turn in it with me to Psalm chapter 19. If you own a Bible, I'd encourage you to have it, have it out, keep it out, be using it, open it right now. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you when you can, or online, go buy one for yourself, or download an app. The Bible app is great. I'd love for you to have that. Psalm chapter 19, if you don't know what that is, use your table of contents or open up to the middle. Psalms chapter 19, the Psalms for us are a gift. They're prayers recorded for us so that we can learn how to pray. In fact, every morning I'm praying through live on Instagram live for Church Project. We're praying through Psalms together. So we're praying in the morning together and we're learning how to pray through scripture together. So I'd love for you to join us on Church Project Instagram live. Jesus was with his disciples for years. And one day they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. So the Psalms actually teach us how to pray. They are recordings for us of prayers that people often made into songs, but they teach us how to pray, how honestly to pray. Many of the Psalms are limitations, like pouring our heart out to God. Some of the Psalms are confessions of sin. Some of them are petitions. And today is a Psalm that helps us understand how God works because God is a God of revelation. Here's what that means that God wants us to know him, and he has been revealing himself to us. God designed you, he decided you, and he deeply desires you. Like God actually wants a relationship with us. I don't know why we're not worthy of it, other than the explanation of his massive love, that he absolutely loves the world, and he wants a relationship with us, and so God has revealed himself. And anything we know about God is because God has let it be known about himself. And there's more to know about God than we can ever know, but God has even withheld so much of who he is because we can't handle it here in our earthly state. 
But what we can know of God is deeper than we'll ever know in this world. And what we can know of God blows our minds because God is not at all like us, yet he became one of us. God is a God of revelation. He has revealed himself. And this psalm today tells us a couple of massive ways that God has revealed himself to us. So I'd love for you to read along in your Bible with me. Psalm chapter 19, we'll begin reading in verse 1. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. Like God has revealed himself through his creation. The creator created. And then the creation reveals the creator to other parts of his creation. God has actually revealed himself to us We are created beings. We did not create ourselves. It was not our idea to begin. God decided us and designed us and entered us into this humanity, and God created us, and the creation is revealing the creator to the created. The created is revealing the creator to the created. Romans chapter 1 helps us understand a little bit more about creation. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says this, Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his divine attributes have been clearly seen from what has been made. And so creation is revealing to us the creator and the creator made it that way. God designed his creation in such a way that we can know the creator through his creation. And look at what these verses tell us, that creation is actually worshiping God. The creation is worshiping God. The heavens declare the glory of God. That's one of the things we do as worshipers of God. We declare the glory of God. Like God is glorious. God is greater than. And so we're declaring the glory of God. The songs that we've been singing, we have been declaring the glory of God. And creation does that. We're actually joining with creation. There's something living about creation where it's worshiping God. And so God has revealed himself through creation. The creator revealed himself to his created beings through his own creation. And the creation is teaching us how to worship God. The heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. We are created as well as creation. Yet we're more valuable than creation. The son of God didn't come to save creation. The son of God came to save us, the created beings who are made in the image of God. But the creation is teaching us that we should be worshipers of God. We declare the glory of God and we proclaim the work of his hands. We are created beings who worship God and creation teaches us how to worship God. We declare the great glories of God. That's who we are as worshipers of God. We tell stories to other people. We share with other people. We teach our children about the great glories of God. The creator created creation so that creation could teach his created beings about himself. God's revealing himself through creation. And one of the things we're learning about God, it says that creation, what? It, day after day, it pours forth speech Night after night, it displays knowledge. Creation is speaking to us and it's telling us things. One of the things that creation teaches us is the tension the creator has with his creation. 
We see in creation beauty. Wow. Mountains, oceans, seas, and skies, and clouds, and snow, and beaches, and breeze, and birds, and animals. All this beauty that God made, sunrises, and sunsets, and storms. It's incredible, the beauty of creation. And then the brokenness of creation, tornadoes and hurricanes and droughts and plagues and floods and fires and viruses. I mean, we're seeing the tension, the beauty of humanity and the brokenness of humanity. We understand this tension through creation. We can't deny beauty, but we also can't deny the brokenness of creation. And creation teaches us it's pouring forth speech. Romans chapter 1 20 tells us about the beautiful and visible qualities of God that we see through creation. But Romans 8 20 tells us this about creation, that creation has been groaning, longing to be redeemed. Just like we long for peace in our life and peace in the world, even creation itself is longing for the full redemption of Jesus. So creation teaches us about the creator and it's speaking knowledge to us. And part of the knowledge that creation gives us is the tension that the creation has with its creator. And there needs to be some reconciliation between the creation and the creator because there's this beauty the creator created and there's this brokenness now existing in creation. In fact, this is a revelation of the gospel that God created things beautifully and then sin entered the world and broke and bent things. And now there's tension between us and our creator. And that's why Jesus came to reconcile all things and to make things like, right. And just like creation is groaning, longing to be redeemed, there's something in our spirit that's longing for us to be reconciled to our creator. And this is why Jesus came for God so loved the world so much that he sent his only son into the world that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That Jesus came to repair this brokenness that you and I have with our creator. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. And look at what else it says. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. So here's what creation is doing. Creation is taking the message of the creator to all of creation. There's not a place on this planet that is not touched by the power of creation. And in fact, the Bible says that God has designed the world in such a way, and actually we see it. I've been around the world. Maybe you have too. There's not been a place I've been that hasn't been touched by sun and sky and breeze, clouds that were in another nation earlier the day before and now over me in another place. God is in charge of all of his creation. In fact, another psalm says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And so creation is speaking about the creator to everyone. That's why Romans chapter 1, verse 20 goes on to say this. It says that what has been known about God has been clearly seen from what has been made so that all people are without excuse. Like everyone in the world has no excuse 
to not bow before the great God, the creator of all things. Creation has revealed to us power and beauty and transcendence and eternity and creativity and goodness. Creation, we see that. And then we see brokenness and a need for reconciliation. And creation is speaking this to us and to all of us, to everyone. There's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. There's no boundary for the clouds or the breeze. And there's no boundary for the message that all of creation is, is saying about who God is. And so wherever you are, you're part of creation, and creation has shown you who God is. And so none of us have an excuse to think that there is no God or to say that we are a God. So God himself has revealed to all of us that he is a transcendent, all-powerful, more powerful God, and it is our job to worship him, just like creation is. Singing the glory of God, so should we. So God, as a God of revelation, has revealed himself through creation and then this psalm goes on to say another major way God has revealed himself. Look with me, if you will, please, in Psalm chapter 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. God has revealed himself through creation, and then God has actually spoken and revealed himself through his scriptures. The Holy Spirit of God spoke God's words to us. And so God has revealed himself through his scriptures. Listen to what the scriptures say about themselves. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this. The word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates, dividing our soul from our spirit, our joints from our marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of our heart. This is what the word of God does. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 tells us how the word came to being. It said, prophets, though they were human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the spirit of God wrote the scriptures of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, Paul said to Timothy, you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation. Like we understand the salvation that God has given us in Christ Jesus through the scriptures. And then Paul went on to tell Timothy, the last time that Paul would write to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, he said, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So God is speaking. He breathed his scripture, and this is how he continues to transform us. And many years ago, thousands of years ago, David was speaking about God's word, and he said God's word revives our soul. God's word gives wisdom to the simple. It gives joy to the heart, light to the eyes, and it warns us so that if we keep God's word, there's great reward. God's word is powerful, and it reveals who God is. 
God is a God of revelation. He is not hiding himself from us. If we do not know God, it is not because God has not made himself known to us. It is because we have not been willing to seek after God. We have chosen to seek after other things or to reject God. So God is a God of revelation. He's revealed himself to the entire world. And he's revealed himself through his creation. He's revealed himself through his scriptures. And God has revealed himself in other ways. The Bible says that God revealed himself to us through the Imago Dei, which is the image of God. In the beginning, when God created us, he knit us together, the Bible says. He actually made us out of dust. And then he breathed his image into us, and we are made in the image of God. And the Bible teaches us, in, in fact, Ecclesiastes refers to it. It says, God has set eternity in our hearts. We are eternal beings. God is eternal, and we are eternal. We understand something intrinsically woven into our DNA, gifted to us and given to us by God, that we are made in his image, and we are going to live eternal future. God is eternal past and future, but we are made in his image, created, and we are eternal future, made in the image of God. God's revealed himself through creation, God's revealed himself through his scriptures. God's revealed himself through his imago Dei, the image of God in us. And God's revealed himself through his son, the incarnation. Hebrews chapter one says this, that Jesus is the exact representation of the father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. So we know what God is like because we know what Jesus is like because Jesus is God in the flesh. And so God has revealed himself fully in the person. And then Jesus said, when I leave you, I'm going to give you my spirit. And so God continues to reveal himself to us through his spirit. So God, he sends his spirit to live inside of me and he continues to teach me who he is and reveal himself to me. So God is pursuing us. God has made himself known to us, first through his creation, then through the Imago Dei set inside of us, and then through his scriptures, and then through his son, and then through his spirit. And so when we get to know God, what did David say at the end of the psalm as he's writing it? I mean, he's a worshiper of God now. God, I've seen you through your creation, and I've seen you through your scriptures. And then what's the consequence of getting to know God? Look at what he says, verse 12. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then when I, will I be blameless, innocent of great transgression. David, he starts to worship God, and then here's what he says. Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. God, you're so holy and righteous and powerful and good and glorious. Now, even if I think that I'm perfect, if I see no flaws in me, I know that I'm not God. Like Romans 3.23 says, all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. I don't even know my hidden faults. So God, please cleanse me from that. And then David says, let no sin rule over me. God, I've seen you through your creation and I've seen you through your scriptures. And so now, all I want to do is be righteous before you because you are great and I want to follow you. So may no sin rule over me. He said, keep your servant also from willful sins. Like God, the sins not only that I can't see, but the sins that I choose. 
keep me from those. I don't want any sin to rule over me in my life. The more we get to know God, the more we want to know God. The more we taste and see how good God is, how beautiful he is, and the more we understand that he wants us to know him more, the less we want sin in our life because that would separate us from intimacy with God, and we want nothing. So David said, God, the more I know you and the more I see you, the less I want sin in my life. So the sin that I'm choosing, keep it far from me. And even the sin that I can't see, please remove that from me because all I want is more of you. And then David wrapped up Psalm 19 with a beautiful prayer, which I think would be great for you to memorize. I have. And it's a prayer that I remind myself of often. And I pray for myself often. And when I'm driving to work or when I'm thinking about how I'm living my life, and David said this, Psalm chapter 19, verse 14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. God, I've seen you through your creation. And the more I see of you, the more I love you, and the more I want of you. God, I've, I've read your word, and I, it's changed my life. It's revived my soul and given me joy and it's given me light to my eyes, like all the things the word says. And David said, God, all I wanna do now is I just wanna please you. So I pray that the words of my mouth, the things that I say today, God, I pray that they'll be pleasing to you. And even the things that I think, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, God, even the things that I think, I want these to be pleasing to you. And so, the more you seek God, actually, the more you step back and just see how much God has been seeking you, how he's been sending every message to you that you could ever need to know who he is. He's shown you that he's God, that there's a creation bigger than you, before you. It's perfect and it's powerful and it's beautiful, and it's good, and it's a gift. And then God's shown you that there's tension, there's broken relationship between creation and creator. And God's shown you that creation needs reconciliation, and so do you. And so, if you step back and see that God's been seeking you, and speaking to you, and revealing himself to you through creation, through his scriptures, these beautiful words of God that do all the things that Psalm 19 says they do. God's been trying to get to you. He sent his son for us. God became a man, the incarnation, that heaven would come here and come after us and live here on this broken planet. He's come after us and then he left his spirit with us the Spirit of God that may be speaking to you right now, drawing you to God, trying to give you a new life and awaken this dead spirit inside of you and give you a new heart and a new life with God. That's the Spirit of God that's speaking to you. And maybe for you, you've known about the reconciliation that God's offered you. Maybe at some point in the past, you became aware of salvation through Jesus Christ alone. 
but it's been a long time since you've been a worshiper of God. Maybe you have some reasons. Maybe somehow you think this will be an explanation before God that he'll accept. I stopped worshiping you, God. I stopped following you because somebody hurt me or somebody did this. God's glory hasn't changed and creation is still worshiping God and so should we. So I encourage you, follower of Christ who might've fallen away, it's time to come back. It's time to let creation continue to teach us how we as God's created beings should be speaking of the creator and worshiping him. The heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. So should we be daily worshiping our God. And we should be in the word, this gift that God's given us. And you know what God will do with it? Like David said here, the law of the Lord will revive your soul. Do you need your soul revived? I do. God's word's doing that for me. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. Do you need joy right now? God's word will do that for you. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Do you need to see things in a way that you're not seeing them right now? God wants you to be in his word. So follower of Christ, I encourage you. Let's be worshipers of God. Let's step outside in his creation today and every day and worship our great God. Let's spend time in his word and realize all the beautiful treasure he has for us. Like David said, it's so sweet for me to be in your word. And so let's take advantage of this beautiful thing that God's given us. And if you've been resisting God, it's not too late for you. You know, God is still pursuing you. Creation is still revealing to you who the creator is. And scripture is still speaking to you even today. And the Spirit of God is coming after your spirit saying, look, let's be reconciled. Jesus came to reconcile you to God. And the Bible says that today is the day of your salvation. So I'm going to pray. If you're not a follower of Christ, but you know right now this is the day, this is the moment, God's been using all of this to get you to this place, today's the day for you to receive salvation. Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We call on the name of the Lord Jesus because we know he's the only one who can save us. And we call on him to save us because we know we need to be saved. Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm separated from God because of my sin. And I need a savior. Jesus, will you save me for myself and my sin and my separation from God? I'm gonna pray. And if that's you today, you pray these words to God. There's no magic words. This is your heart crying out, your spirit to the spirit of God. Jesus, I didn't believe, but now I do. I didn't see it, but now I do. Now I realize, Jesus, that I am deeply in need of you. I am a sinner. And Jesus, I believe that you are the savior, that you're God who became a man to live among us as a human being and to die a human death and then to come back to life from the dead so that you can give us power over life. Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I understand this. I need you to save me. Jesus, save me. If you prayed this prayer, there's a way here for you to respond. 
on the screen and we wanna hear from you. We wanna help you with next steps. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus, but you haven't been following. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer to pray. Maybe you should pray this where you are. Jesus, creation is worshiping you more than I am. Rocks and sky and trees and breeze and clouds and stars are worshiping you more than me and I'm made in your image and I repent. I turn away from not following you anymore and not worshiping you and I'm returning to you and I'm going to worship you. Thank you for bringing me back to you, Jesus. I'll follow you until the day I see you face to face. Let's be people who daily seek after the God who has pursued us with so many ways to reveal himself to us. Would you pray with me? Jesus, thank you for coming after us on our own. We wouldn't even know where to find you. But you came after us. You came for us. God became a man. You've revealed yourself through creation. We see your beauty and your power and your creativity. And we see the brokenness of creation that needs some reconciliation. And Jesus, we know that it's you. So thank you for coming to reconcile us to yourself. Thank you for pursuing us. And I pray that we would worship you every day, just like creation does. The sun rises in the morning and it finds its place at night. And I pray just as faithfully that we would be worshipers of our God. We love you and we pray all of this, Jesus, in your name, amen. As we continue to respond to Jesus and worship and sing, we hope that you'll continue to worship God. We hope that you'll sing with us. Maybe wherever you are, that you'll take communion alone or with your family if you're together, if you're a follower of Christ. We hope that you'll give. We hope that you'll pray just like we do when we're together. Let's use this as a moment to respond to Jesus in worship. We're so glad to be together with you today. We actually hope you'll get more together with other people. If you live close to Church Project in Houston or Kingwood or Katy or North County Conroe, the Woodlands area. We'd love to see you get connected to a house church here. People are joining house churches every week online so that soon we'll see each other in person. You're invited, you're wanted, we want you to do that. Maybe you live in Orange County, California or Winter Park, Colorado or Greeley, Colorado. There are church projects there too and people would love to get to know you. Maybe you live in a place where you don't have this idea of a house church, a diverse but connected, committed community of Christ followers to help each other grow in our faith and live like family together. We'd love to help you start a house church. So you can go to churchprojectnetwork.com. You'll see it on the screen. Follow those links there and get connected to us and we'll respond to you and help you get in the process of possibly starting a house church wherever you are. So many things are happening in the life of our church. So just go to churchproject.org and find out about it there. Places where you can serve in our community and in other places, ways that you can give, ways that you can be connected. We love you, we're praying for you, and we hope that today has been a day where God has spoken to you because that's what he's wanted to do and that you've spoken back to him. 
Maybe you began a relationship with God today. And as we put on the screen earlier, we'd love to hear from you. We hope you have a great week. We grow that you grow in your relationship with God, that you get connected to other believers and love other people. We look forward to seeing you soon. Have a great day.